keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. So the Guadalupe Radio Network, and we have our Houston friends, uh, Rudy and Taylor, in the Houston office, making sure everything runs smoothly. And we are your new hosts for Catholic Drive Time, okay? So we are so happy to be here. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, this is kind of an inside joke. Okay, Sissa, how are you doing? Welcome. How are you? Uh, good morning. I am doing pretty well for being, bef- like, right at 6 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little early. My first job when I was about your age was in morning drive radio, and I loved it back then, and I still kind of like it. There's something kind of fun about morning drive, especially when you're proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ and something that's very meaningful, and so we're glad you're with us. And I was absolutely joking about uh being the new hosts and the reason i say that is Cecil and i were joking around yesterday we both got calls from people that we know very well saying what is going on why is adrian leaving catholic drive time because <laughs> i guess he said and rudy by the way you can you can fill in here is, is that he said something during one of the segments about how he's leaving the show <laughs> right it's, and it's I'll, I'll, I'll tell you more he said something about i'll tell you more in the after show right <laughs> and uh, some people didn't get to watch the after show. <laughs> and so, clear it up, Rudy. Adrian is not leaving Catholic Drive Time, right? Actually, it's 100% true, Dave. It is true. I was an eyewitness. <laughs> I heard him say it. And he yeah. has left CDT for a week. Is this the way that Dave and I get invited to be full-time hosts on CDT? <laughs> he has left uh, to go on vacation, a, a well-deserved vacation. So please pray for him and his family as they make their way over to Europe and uh well, pray that they have a, a safe and, and great vacation over there. It's going to be a fantastic time, I'm sure. Can't wait to hear oh, about okay. it. They're going to Europe. Wow, <laughs> yeah. that, that's exciting. And I, I know it's been kind of a tumultuous uh, couple of weeks for him. And he had, uh, what is, was it, um, his wisdom teeth taken out right. or something like that. So he needs a break. And he works so hard, as you do, Rudy. But uh, Adrian is not going anywhere, okay? So we're just, you're going to have a, a series of fill-in hosts for a few days. And that's going to be it. And then uh, sometime next week, um, he's going to be back. Not next week, but the following week. <laughs> that's right. He'll be All in right, your neck so of the woods in, in Dallas. Yeah, yeah, because there's all kinds of construction going on. And there's a lot of growth. There's a lot happening within the the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I will ask everybody also to please pray this week, final day, Spanish Radiothon. We have a lot of Spanish stations in our network, and this is the final day of their, um, what they call the Summer Share-a-thon. And so please pray for that. Uh, today is the feast day of St. Clair of Assisi. And I told Cecil, I said, I'm preparing everything else for the show. You've got to handle the saint of the day part, okay? So in just a moment, I'm going to throw it over to Cecil, and she's going to tell us about why she dressed up as St. Clair of Assisi. Not when she was, like, five years old, but, like, a year ago for All Saints Day. And so that's kind of, that's very Cecil, though. Cecil does that kind of stuff. 
Uh, let's see. What else? Um, bu- 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 all right. On the show today, we got a lot of cool stuff going on. You know, I, like most people, I, I listen to segments of the show. I typically wake up at 630. I turn the radio on. So I miss this part, but I go from 630 to 7. I always hear the guest, and I hear these uh, Steve Gleason segments, you know, uh, mm. where he talks about the one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Well, Steve is a very good friend of mine, and he has an amazing story. And if you've ever... And I'm talking to the dear listeners out there. If you ever wonder, like, who is the guy behind these one-minute Catholic evangelism spots? Well, you're going to meet him, and he's going to be in studio at 630 uh, Central Time to be with us and talk about his story and the inspiration behind those minutes and that kind of thing. And uh, then we are going to have, uh, during the after show, I have a, a lady coming in named Lisa Phillip. Okay, and I know, Rudy, you don't typically have guests during the after show, right? No, not typically, but uh, we, all, we do welcome them. Yeah, <laughs> we better today. Uh, so she's she's coming in, and I interviewed her the other day, and uh, she's a missionary, and she's just one of these amazing ladies that just totally lives on the providence of God. Mm-hmm. And she was telling me about a trip that she had taken to Peru, and uh, she mentioned that she, while she was there, she had a radical encounter with Jesus Christ. And for the whole rest of the interview, I was like, tell me about that radical encounter. I want to know what that's about. Okay, so we're going to, we're going to talk about radical encounters with Jesus Christ. And I'd love to know if you uh, have had one. Okay, maybe you're, you're faithful and you're, you're abiding by all the teachings of the church and you're going to Mass and confession and all that. But have you had a radical encounter? I can't honestly say that I have. Uh, but I'll get y'all's take on that as well. And so uh, da, 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 I think that's about it. So let's move on to the saint of the day. And Cecil, it's all you. What, what can you tell us about St. Clair of Assisi? Well, I can tell you that she was born in Assisi, Dave. Oh, Is that, okay. That was what my, my deep cutting research that I did this morning. More than that, <laughs> she was born in 1164. Uh, and at the age, uh, she's actually born into a nobility, uh, so a noble family. And at the age of 15, she decided she was not going to get married. And uh, shortly after that, she heard the dynamic preaching of St. Francis of Assisi, or the future St. Francis of Assisi, and was so inspired by it. And they would become life long friends and he would be her mentor uh, she confided in francis that she her desire was to live only for jesus and that was a plan that her family did not 100 percent agree with and so the night before palm sunday when she was 18 years old she left her home secretly to follow her vocation and uh, saint francis cut her hair and gave her a sackcloth to wear and she took the vow of religious life she adopted the rule of saint benedict with the additional vow of poverty that francis had and uh, actually at one point her father and her uncle tried to come and get her back to take her home uh, and it was a very dramatic encounter and she clung to uh, the altar of the church she was in and took <laughs> off her veil to show her cut hair and like no I'm committed to this oh, wow. Wow. Um, she began to have a following of women in uh, San Damiano and was encouraged by Francis to start a convent there and she became the very first abbess of the poor, poor clares which were called the poor ladies at the time and that was just at 21 years old wow. which is pretty impressive I know I do not think at 21 I was doing anything that impressive um <laughs> Eventually, actually, her mother and her sisters would also join that order in the future years. Uh, they would walk barefoot, slept on the ground, they ate no meat, and they observed almost complete silence. And uh, St. Clair, after that point, never really left the convent, but her reputation of spiritual wisdom caused many bishops and cardinals and even popes to visit her for counsel. Um, there's two famous stories you may have heard of St. Clair of Assisi. Uh, one of them is that the uh, convent was in danger of being attacked, and she assured her sisters that God was in control. He 
he would protect them. And she stood by the gate with the monstrance with the Blessed Sacrament in it. And because of that, they were left unharmed. Mm. And also, you may have heard that she's the patron saint of television, which seems a little weird considering she existed, you know, just like eight, 900 no years before yeah. television. Yeah. <laughs> and that is because she was plagued by an illness for a good portion of her life. And towards the end of her life, she was unable to leave her bed and attend mass. And that was something that she was deeply saddened by. Uh, and the Lord in his mercy um, gave her a vision of mass being offered on the wall of her cell so that she could see it and kind of participate it, uh, participate in it. Uh, oh, wow. And so because of that, that's kind of like the first television. It was wireless yeah. television, too, I like to say. <laughs> very high tech. <laughs> it yeah. was very much. Um, and she died at the age of 59 and was canonized just two years later by Pope Alexander IV. Uh, and I really liked, I was looking up a couple quotes by her, and I think this quote in today's culture is really uh, a good one for all of us to remember. And she said, do not be disturbed by the clamor of the world, which passes like a shadow. Mm, I like that. So that's I like your that. little, oh, and I dressed up as St. Clair of Assisi at my church's trunk or tree, and you're never too old to dress up, at, especially as a saint. I would just like to say that. My costume was beautifully made with random bits of cloth from around my house, including a Batman um, uh, cape that I used to part my veil. <laughs> so um, just letting you know. Yeah, you can, and, and, you you and you picked her because... Yes, because I had studied uh, video technology in uh, college. So when I was becoming Catholic and I had to quickly choose a confirmation thing because I chose, I decided really last minute I was going to become Catholic. And uh, I, St. Clair was one of the ones I had was on my short list. Oh, okay. Was it just the one that the Batman cape fits? No, it, the okay. Batman cape was a good portion of it, though, the decision. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I'm keeping an eye on the time because I know we're going to take a hard break here in about five minutes or so. So let's go over to Rudy Carlos, and he has a look at uh, some new stories. Is that right, Rudy? That's right. All right. Let's do that. Good morning. You are listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Here are your Friday headlines. Breitbart reports anti-China presidential candidate shot dead in Ecuador. Villa Vicencio was running on a campaign heavily centered on combating organized crime, eliminating political corruption, and limiting the influence of China in the South American country. Among his promised first actions in office was the construction of a high security prison for upper ranks of Ecuador's most prolific drug trafficking and other criminal gangs. Just the News reports at least 53 are dead in Hawaii wildfires. At least 53 people are confirmed to be dead in Maui County, Hawaii, as wildfires devastate the western area of the island. The historic Lahaina town, once the capital of the former kingdom, was hit particularly hard. It is feared that the fire may have consumed much of the town. Please pray for the repose of their souls. And Ground News reports, supermarket AI meal planner app suggests a recipe that would create chlorine gas. A New Zealand supermarket chain, Pack and Save, has developed an AI-powered app called Savvy Mealbot to help customers creatively use up leftover ingredients. However, the app has generated some unusual and potentially dangerous recipe recommendations, including dishes like poisoned bread sandwiches and mosquito-repellent roast potatoes. And The Loop reports, DeSantis fires Soros-backed prosecutor. Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis on Wednesday suspended Soros-backed state attorney Monique Worrell for her neglect of duty and incompetence. Worrell had faced mounting criticism for refusing to fully prosecute many crimes. Those are all of your breaking news and stories for now. Keep it dialed on Catholic Drive Time for more. Back to you, Dave. All right, Rudy, thank you so much for the, the news. Again, welcome. And if you're just tuning in... 
Uh, Dave Palmer and Cecil Anderson broadcasting today and also Monday from the North Texas studio of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Uh, uh, Adrian is on a very well-deserved break, uh, and I, I didn't realize it. He's going overseas with his family, and so pray for him, pray for his safety, and pray for his safe return in a week or so uh, from the Dallas studio, right where I am here while there's uh, work being done in the, in the Houston studio. So we're glad to be with you this morning and hope your day is off to a good start. Uh, we like to to pray on Catholic Drive Time. So let me just uh, pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we ask a blessing on everybody who is listening today, all who are watching on our social media sites, and we just ask for a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit and your 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 grace upon us today. Uh, help us to, to live lives of virtue and to be guided by the Holy Spirit to all goodness and truth today. And St. Clair of Assisi, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. And as I mentioned before, pray also for the Spanish Radiothon, just uh, for a lot, an outpouring of support that they hit the overall goal today uh, so we can just keep all these stations on the Guadalupe Radio Network on the air and running well. And this is the time of the program. I think i got a few minutes to talk about the Gospel of the Day. And today's Gospel is from Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 to 28. And I don't know, Cecil, if you've ever done uh, Alexia Divina. Have oh, you, yes. Have you ever done that? Love it. I struggle with that so much because I just like to read. Oh, I, really? I just want to keep on going, <laughs> you know. And But I was thinking about that as I was reading this uh, these five verses, and there's so much. You know, if I was doing Alexia Divina on this one, I'd prob- probably take me a year and a half. Uh, because it's the passage where Jesus says, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Whoever uh, wishes to save his life will lose it. Um, uh, what profit will there be to gain uh, for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? And which, by the way, is going to lead into what I'm going to talk about in the next segment, because I've got two stories that really have to do with kind of life and death. And one of them has to, I know, Cicel, you were not familiar with this story, is uh, the Father Baird from uh, Louisiana, who on July 30th gave this fiery homily. And I know this isn't like breaking news. Most people have heard about it. Uh, and then four days later, he dies in a car accident. <laughs> but the message that he had in that homily was very prophetic, and it very much had to do with... Uh, you know, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it, and what profit it, and what profit will there be to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? And so, I just want to kind of go through some of the points that he made in that homily four days before he died in the car accident. And I'm, I'm sure, Rudy, you, you heard about this story, didn't you? Yeah, definitely. It happened last week, and uh, you know, it's just one of those unfortunate events that happens. You know, and uh, we we question whether uh, why the Lord took him that way, but. You know, God's will is uh, is uh, a lot more. Uh, how do I say this? It's uh, <laughs> hard to understand, but He can make good of anything bad that happens here in the world. So, looking forward to talking about that. Amen. Well, the the music is playing. I guess that means we go to a hard break, right? So we'll come back and we'll do the what's concerning us. I'll tell you a little bit more about Father Beard and his last homily after this. This is Kathy Drive Time. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Donnie, what are the four Gospels in the New Testament? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And who baptized Jesus? 
St. John the Baptist. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. What is a fanatic? Well, have you ever heard someone defending animal rights as if they have completely forgotten about human rights? G.K. Chesterton says that is a perfect example of a fanatic. Someone with a sense of a particular truth that is too strong for his sense of the universal truth. He will invoke even cruelty to prevent cruelty to animals. Later, he may even invoke cruelty to animals to prevent cruelty to pit ponies. It is not merely that he has kept one thing and lost a thousand things. He has lost the basis even of the one thing. For a man cannot long remain right without a reason. We must accept all the universal truths so that we don't go off balance with one particular truth. And where do we find the perfect balance of all universal truths? In the Catholic Church. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time on this Friday morning. It is August 11th, 2023, and uh, we are a substitute team for a couple of days, doing our best to uh, just uh, do honor to Adrian Fonseca, the, the regular team here on Catholic Drive Time. He's on vacation for the next week or so, and then when he comes back, he's going to be broadcasting from the Dallas uh, studio where we are right now. And uh, so just pray for him. Pray that he has a great rest and uh, is able to take everything off his mind for a while and just enjoy his family overseas. Cecil Anderson is here with me as well. And uh, in about 15 minutes, we are going to be joined in studio with Steve Gleason. You know, you if you listen to, uh, especially, I, I don't know how many times during the show uh, they play the one-minute evangelization spots from Steve Gleason. We love those. Uh, but he is uh, he is an amazing guy. And he's one of the hosts of a program that we have called A Life Live Joyfully. And it was a good selection to pick uh, Steve because he truly is a joyful guy. He's a revert to the Catholic faith. I want to get a little bit of his story in, and you're just going to sense the enthusiasm and the excitement. I've never heard him say one negative word about the Catholic Church. He's just, like, perpetually excited. And so that will be here in about uh, 10 or 15 minutes, the man behind the minutes. Okay, that's the, that's the segment that we'll call it here. So uh, now this is, uh, Rudy, when Adrian would have the What's Concerning Us, right? That's right. Uh, segment of uh, Catholic Drive Time. The first one's not so much what's concerning us, but I just wanted to, uh, in light of what we were just talking about with the gospel, you know, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. And I just want to, in honor of the memory of Father Mark Beard from St. Helena Parish in, uh, I'm going to say Amet, Louisiana. I think that's right. Either Amit or Amet, Louisiana. Uh, who passed away last week on August 2nd. I think that was uh, last Wednesday. And the previous Sunday, July 30th, he had given a homily at his parish. And, uh, yeah, I know, Rudy, you said you've seen this. And, boy, he was fired up. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was like, uh, it, I mean, I, I, I'd love to know, you know, is this how he always was when he preached? Or was this just like a guy that, 
you know how some people have a premonition that maybe their life is coming to an end. I mean, mm-hmm. he he wasn't real old. I'd say you know maybe in his fifties or so. I, I just by looking at him. Uh, but boy, there was a sense of urgency in this homily, and I watched it yesterday, and I just kind of jotted down some notes. And I'll, I'll just ask you, Rudy, be, before I start, what were, what was your kind of take on it when you saw that, and then found out that a few days later he had passed away? Well, you know, I saw the news story come in, and it was uh, actually, wait, check this out. Check out this homily that he did right before he passed away. So I had no idea who this priest was. And uh, then I, I got interested, and I looked through uh, you know, the article. I, I watched the homily, as I mentioned. And you know, some of the things that he was saying, he was really trying to, to, to wake people up, because there is a serious uh, problem here, not just politically, but also spiritually, that a lot of us kind of fall into, right? We try and be part of the world instead of trying to, to be in the world, but not of it. And, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, it was a really fiery homily. I'm sure that uh, perhaps uh, somebody was touched there. Somebody must have been cut to the heart by listening to this priest. May he rest in peace. Yeah, he, he ends the homily quoting Johnny Cash. <laughs> as you should, obviously. Yeah, of course. I mean, every homily ought to have at least one Johnny Cash quote. But this is kind of the theme of the homily. And this is why, if you haven't seen it, I recommend everybody go, go and just do a, a, a YouTube search uh, for Father Mark Beard's last homily uh, back on, on July 30th. But he says, uh, quoting Johnny Cash, he says, If there was a fence between heaven and hell, it would be owned by the devil. Mm. And uh, this is what he he starts off and and uh, again I could never you know replicate his enthusiasm or his sense of urgency but he said said stop apologizing for being Catholic and he said stuff several times he said I, you know, I don't know where you know Pope Francis is going and I never got a sense of disrespect towards the Pope but he just said like hey if, if there's something confusing coming out of the Vatican hey don't worry about it what we have to do is we have to live our lives faithfully he Amen. said don't use that as an excuse he said we have to know the truth and then he said don't straddle the fence and then he talked about some issues he talked about abortion contraception being married inside of a, an actual catholic church and you know not, and uh, you know talking about being a one 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 issue voter and he said hey if you want to be a one issue voter be a one issue voter because abortion's that important yeah. <laughs> and i love this because it was so prophetic uh, about his own life is that he said talked about judgment he he said you know we will stand naked and alone before Jesus Christ, and he said, in a nanosecond, and that's the word he used, in a nanosecond, you're going to be sent to heaven or hell or purgatory for a temporary time. And, I mean, how amazing that he was inspired to give this homily four days before he was going to die. And then one thing I loved, and I don't know if you remember this, Rudy, is he, he talked about being the kind of person that, Jesus would brag about in heaven. <laughs> you know, he, he like like Jesus up there saying, "Look at look at Rudy Carlos down there. Look look at him. Uh, you know, do, doing the sign of the cross before his meals. He's talking about me. He's you know." And uh, just imagine Jesus bragging about us up in heaven. Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, <laughs> so I, I was very inspired by that. And again, uh, uh, dear listeners, if you haven't seen that yet, I think you owe yourself uh, the eight minutes uh, that it would take to watch. 
watch that uh, uh, on on video. And apparently his uh, funeral is today, and it's being oh. live streamed. That's what Lori said on YouTube. So oh, if you're interested okay. in kind of uh, looking into that and maybe remembering him and offering a prayer for him today, that'd be great. Oh, okay. Thank you, Lori, for that. Which reminds me, uh, yeah, if you're watching on the social media sites, so uh, I think we're on um, uh, Twitter and well, X or whatever it's called these days. Uh, <laughs> X, formerly I, I, known. I can't, as I can't call you yeah, the, the artist formerly known as Twitter and YouTube <laughs> and uh, Rumble and uh, yeah, yeah, Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I am not technologically savvy enough uh, to be able to see all the comments and all that. Well, that's why Sissel is here. And so I if am. you comment, uh, Sissel will let us know what you had to say as well. One other thing, um, we'll, we'll leave that story, but may God rest that good man's soul. And uh, I, I just think that's probably a really good thing right before you die to give this great um, exhortation to people about being ready for death. That would seem to indicate that he was well prepared uh, for death as well. But that doesn't mean we don't pray for him and pray for his soul. And uh, may God may God bless him. Uh, Father Mark Beard, uh, former pastor, St. Helena Parish in Amet, Louisiana. I know Teresa Tamio had his bishop on the other day. Oh, wow. Uh, Father, Father uh, Bishop Mike Duca, who is a... Uh, back when he was a priest, I knew Father Mike Duca because he came from the Dallas Diocese, and I knew him quite well, and his, he had some neighbors across the street. So anyways, that's that's a whole different story that I don't need to get into. But all right, uh, here, so here's an actual real concerning story that I want to bring up because I saw this in the news uh, yesterday from the L.A. Times. It said COVID-19 is heating up all around this summer. Should we be wearing masks again? No. <laughs> Sissel had the one word answer there, okay? So I'm going to I'm going to read a little bit of this story. It's from uh, a, a lady named uh, Rong Gong Lin uh LA Times uh says the uptick in coronavirus transmission this summer has not brought major alarm from health experts, but it is raising questions about whether the risks are high enough to go back to safety measures that may have been abandoned, okay? Uh, Dr. Peter Chin, Peter Chin Hong, a UC San Francisco infectious disease expert said transmission is increasing and we haven't seen the crest yet. Remember that language? It was always doom and gloom and it's going to increase and it's going to get worse and we need to do this and do that. Uh, most people have stopped wearing masks. <laughs> I was in the grocery store last night and I saw one person that there's one, you know, hangover that's, I mean, that's still wearing the mask. And uh, aren't likely to follow suggestions to return to that practice all over again. But uh, swearing off masks for good, even when sitting on a plane next to someone who is coughing or sneezing, would unnecessarily put people at higher risk for illness, says the article. So, uh, okay, I, I, I guess the, the, the question I would have is if, and I, and I know there, there was great tragedy for a lot of people, and there were, like, people that died, and it was very, very sad for a lot of people. And I, I just think that the average person thinks that the response was a bit over the top, and maybe it was a one-size-fits-all. Everybody's got to get the vaccine. Everybody's got to wear masks all the time. And so I'm hoping, and you guys can jump in, that uh, if there was ever a p- pandemic, and I pray there isn't, uh, that the the response from government officials and medical experts in the CDC would be a little bit more measured. And, uh, you know, yeah. they, they even said in this article that, uh, you know, 
may, maybe things can be optional. And, uh, you know, if somebody wants to wear a mask, they can wear a mask. And if they don't want to, they don't have to. But anyways, uh, Rudy, any thoughts on that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, Dave, I actually have been meditating upon, upon this uh, a lot. Of just looking back at the past couple of years and thinking, I really want to write this down because it was such an, an incredible, insane time. You know, I want my kids to know what we went through. But, uh, you know, I think about the first time that we heard about this and I, I started reasoning, you know, we were already in lockdown. There was a lot of different things going on. We weren't able to go to mass. And I was thinking to myself, there is no way that I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. I can't do that. <laughs> we're pretending that this yeah. virus is something that we can conquer. And I mean, if you have a, a basic uh, understanding of biology, you know, you, you learn that in elementary school, you can't do anything against the virus. And we were, we were believing, we were thinking that we were going to live our entire life, uh, you know, completely safe and isolated from this event. And the truth is that we couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. So for us to return to mass, no thanks. <laughs> I just can't do it. No way. And that's a guy who lived in California during the pandemic, oh, right? It was very severe in California. You know, all of the, 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 the protocols and things like that, those were like actually more severe over there than they were anywhere else in the country. And yeah, I just, you know, it was a big reason why I decided to come to move to Texas is because of uh, mm -hmm. just the way that uh, everything was so heavy handed, you know. Yeah, it certainly was. I know so many people from California. I mean, so many. Because uh, they're now uh, California Texans. You know, uh, they're they're Cali they can't. Yeah. <laughs> to, to or yeah, is that what it's called? Or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I think the, uh, you know, there's a lot, a lot. You know, my, my, my teenage daughters have a, uh, an expression called a fever dream. You, mm. ever, you ever heard that expression? Yes, indeed. Where it just kind of seems like something that seems unreal. It seems like it's a dream. And I think 2020 was like a big fever dream. I look back now, and not to mention that all the George Floyd thing was going on and the riots and the, the and the, you know, all that i mean it was a crazy crazy year but i think two of the most unfortunate things were first of all that some people had especially elderly people had to suffer and die alone and yeah. they were not allowed to have anybody even in the room with them and I think that was, you know, no funerals. And, and I think, obviously, the shutting down of churches uh, was um, a, a, you know, I don't know. I think some of them maybe had to do it for a week or two, but I think that probably went on too long. I think a lot of uh, church officials would agree with that. But I guess, you know, you learn, you live and you learn. I mean, even back then, I thought, you know, in interviewing priests and bishops, nobody takes a class in seminary about how to handle a pandemic, you know? Yeah. So it was hitting everybody, hitting everybody brand new, and everybody was trying to do the right thing at the right time. But I think the second time around, there wouldn't be as many excuses because we've been through this, been there, done that, right? Amen. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Indeed. All right, so it's 29 minutes after the hour. This is Kathy Drive Time. I feel like I have to keep reminding everybody that we're just substituting for Adrian right now. Adrian's taking a break. And, I think uh, everyone thought that you were Adrian, Dave. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Dave, you well, don't Adrian have to qualify. I, You're doing a great job. Adrian and I have one thing, well, many things in common, but uh, one of them is a great love for St. Thomas Aquinas and the Summa and Dominicans. And uh, every time we get together, we talk about Thomism. And so when we come back on Catholic Drive Time, Steve Gleason, the man behind the Evangelization Minutes, is going to join Hello, us. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Oh. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Do you really believe in a secret catching away of the church called the rapture? The pages of your Bible are empty of that type of talk. So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, solid biblical doctrine is time-tested. This rapture idea got its wheels rolling by John Darby in about 1830. I mean, have you heard of a third coming? You know you haven't. 
Secondly, God's nature. There's no reasonable premise in Scripture, let alone in moral reasoning, for the results of a rapture scenario such as this. A Christian pilot is yanked, raptured, out of his jet, while scores of the remaining passengers who are not Christians violently crash to their death. Meanwhile, said pilot is basking in the presence of God. This is absurd, and believe me, this is preached day in and day out. Thirdly, bad fruit. The preacher at your church says, Tonight, don't you be left in that pew alone while that person next to you gets raptured straight up into heaven. That, my friend, is folly with no foundation. I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. I love the shows with the Catholic apologists. I love the shows with the sort of day-to-day psychologist, Greg and Lisa Popchek. I love hearing not just of other people's problems who call in, but I love getting the Catholic take on how to deal with day-to-day reality. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. It is the uh, strangest thing in the world where it's a show you're typically, in my case, listening to in my kitchen as I'm making breakfast for my son and I right about this time every morning. And here I am hosting this show. And so my name is Dave Palmer. I serve as executive director of the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. And Cicel Anderson is our North Texas assistant, and she is here as well doing double and triple duty, trying to keep everything going. And of course, we have Rudy Carlos and Taylor Van Nest down in the Houston studio as well. And so uh, thanks for joining us and uh, for your support of the Guadalupe Radio Network. And there's a lot of exciting things going on in the network. So this is a segment where we typically now have a guest. And as I was thinking about, you know, who am I going to have on? You know, who, who am I going to have on? But the thought that came to my mind is that every morning, you know, from 6.30 to 7 o'clock, I'm in my kitchen, you know, making breakfast and listening to Catholic Tribe Time. And at least two times every morning, these uh, one-minute, uh, let me see if I get the exact uh, name right, the, 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 the one-minute Catholic. Steve Gleason, what's the name of these officially? These are your questions for uh, Catholic evangelism. They're tools for Catholic evangelism. Tools for Catholic evangelism. And so I hear these spots come on, and they're so good, and there's so many of them, and they're so... That that man speaking to him is you know so bright and cheerful and uh, clearly loves his Catholic faith and I and I was like you know what I I wonder if people know the story behind these you know so uh, and Steve is a, a very dear friend of mine so I the, the I, I told sis so I said Let, let's get some low hanging fruits some people that we we know would be great on the air come in and talk and so. Steve Gleason, the man behind the minutes. How are you doing? Good morning. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much, Dave. Excited to be here and talk with uh, the family that listens each and every morning. And maybe somebody's even popped in that has never even listened. And they're shocked to hear there's Catholic radio. I mean, that that is, uh, for a, a non-Catholic Christian especially, like Catholic radio devoted to those kinds of things. So if you're listening, we're glad you're here. Stay with us for the rest of the show. And uh, Dave, let's just talk about Jesus, his church, the saints, uh, heaven, all the goodness of God and the joy of the Lord. Yeah. So the one, one minute tool for Catholic evangelism. OK, so these what, what is the uh, inspiration behind these? Because you've done a whole lot of these. In fact, you told me right when you walked in the studio that you've got one uh, that you're going to do during this segment that no one has ever heard before. Right. So a yeah, brand just, new one fr- fresh off the mint. Right? Yeah, just just wrote it. And so I. 
you know, having been uh, raised in the Catholic Church and then drifted off to this non-Catholic, uh, non-denominational event, uh, non-denominational church community, ended up pastoring for years, and, and yet some years in the past, while listening to this very radio station, KATH 910, I heard an exchange. is about 90 seconds long. It just completely shocked me. It was that moment, really, a combination of just the Holy Spirit setting me up, mm, right? He's yes. always looking to set us up. He's always looking to put us in a situation where we're going to have a confrontation. And I had a confrontation in that 90 seconds, and I said, oh, Lord, I got to go. I got to go find out if I'm, you know, moving in the wrong direction or not. And so I did, and uh, the Lord's brought me back into the church big time, loving every moment of being uh, back in the correct family, the correct church. And and so my experience in non-Catholic ministry, and especially in that charismatic end of um, of the church, non-Catholic church, I see a lot of these contrasts. I see a lot of differences. There's a if you if you were to draw two circles, you know, concentric circles, and they would cross each other. There's a little slice in there where we're the same. You know, the the lordship of Jesus Christ, the the accuracy of Jesus, uh, fully God, fully man, the the Trinity. These these fundamentals. A lot of other things are very different in approach to church, approach to how the Bible's read and understood. And so I just started, you know, throwing these contrasts together and then wanted to have something at the end, the last sort of five, six, seven, eight, ten seconds that, you know, grabbed somebody. Mm-hmm. My wife said, honey, those are kind of smarty. Those are kind of, <laughs> those are kind of smarty. A little, a little edgy. A little edgy, yeah. 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 And so I, I said, yeah. That's okay, because, you know, sometimes you got to say something to get people to think mm-hmm. and get them to react and maybe even get them a little upset uh, about something to cause them to dig in. I mean, that that's kind of how life is. Somebody will you'll have a conversation. It'll cause someone to think, maybe I better check that out. So I started writing them, and uh, they had I had a lot of fun. They had some kick, and uh, GRN said, let's get those on. And so they're on uh, other places, and they just... Play on Catholic Radio. Um, uh, yeah, that, that's for sure. And uh, Steve Gleason joining us now and uh, and here on Catholic Drive Time. And uh, we're broadcasting not only across all of our radio stations, but uh, also on social media. So if you want to see Steve, he's got a big uh, necklace with the crucifix and our Lord on it. And uh, so go to our uh, any of our uh, Rumble or YouTube or Twitter or Facebook pages as well, if you'd like. So, you know, I, I remember a, a teacher told me one time, it's it, like when in a writing a paper, it's easier to write something long than something short. You know, it's easier to write a three-page paper than a half-a-page paper because the shorter it is, the more concise it has to be. And, the, you know, and, and so I think about these one-minute segments. You don't have much time but you pack a lot in there. So uh, what's the methodology? Yes, it's true. And I, I think sometimes the way our minds are, I'm a guy that sort of thinks in bullet points. <laughs> yeah, right. And and so it really was uh, simpler for me to, to come up with something that, you know, there's sort of a format to these uh, that takes probably about uh, 10 or 11 of the seconds of the 60 seconds. And so then there's only content of about 50, 51 seconds, maybe, mm-hmm. of things that you want to say. Yeah. So, I, you know, someone told me a, a long time ago, you, you know, if you can't say something in a minute, you probably don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> right? If somebody asks you a question and it's like you stretch your answer out, think, uh-huh. and I'll scratch it down and I'll say, oh, I think that could be, that could be 
one of the one minute tools for Catholic evangelism. Mm. I just write it and then, and then sometimes I start with, there's, there's always a, a theme, like something about the Catholic church and something maybe about non-Catholic life and then something at the end that would make that fun to show mm. that contrast. Yeah. And yeah. somebody's like, Steve, why are you always showing contrast? Can't you just, can't you just talk about the things we have in common? Well, that's for other people, yeah, right? Yeah, the body of Christ is multifaceted. You know, the arm is not the hand. The leg is not the hip, right? We are a body that has, you know, conjoined parts to it. And so, you know, that's, that's where I fit in. You know, I just not everything isn't just agreeable. You know, there, you, you've got to be able to distinguish the USFL. You know, is not the NFL. The NFL's daddy O, right? <laughs> the USFL, the XFL. These are people trying to live off of the NFL. They're they're not the real thing. So if you can catch my analogy there, do you know how many USFL fans you just really offended there? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Do we need to make that kind of contrast? That's good because if you just got offended, <laughs> Jesus is the healer of offense. And secondly, maybe it'll make you start thinking and listening. People are like, what's USFL? And, uh, you know, uh, and Rudy, by the way, uh, you know, this is all kind of new to me. So you jump in uh, whenever you want to. Okay. I'm oh, sure yeah. you probably Steve. have a question for Steve. Steve, Hello, it's great to, great to have you on the show today. And, uh, you know, just, just as a quick uh, aside here, when are you on uh, a, live lift, a life live joyfully here on the GRN? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> yeah. Every Wednesday at the 3 p.m. hour, oh, nice. we have about, you know, a minute, uh, two minutes, maybe two and a half minutes of opening. And then we pray the eight minute chaplet of divine mercy, which is just outstanding. And then jump right into the content of the show. Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Dallas time, central time. That's great. And people can just call in and talk to you and ask you questions. Yeah, anything, anything you want. And then I just pray they don't ask me something real heavy or leave that for Scott Hahn or, you know, Dr. David Anders or Dave Palmer or yeah. something, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. And by the way, I want, oh, I'm sorry, Rudy, go ahead. Uh, you, uh, you, you sometimes have to, uh, answer in less than a minute, right? Or more than a minute. So you might be willing to do that. But I, I'd like to ask you, Steve, you know, uh, have you ever received any sort of feedback, like people coming to you and saying, Hey, that, that minute really helped me out to sort out some of the questions that I had about the church? Yes, I do have people that uh, reach out to me, and I think maybe the most the most notable one was, um, I guess I could it was Pope or uh, Pope, Pope, Pope came to you. Wow, that was yeah. a little strong there, Steve. Settle down. Yeah, come on, man, get think, off your high horse. Yeah, man. I think Monsignor Pope made a funny comment about something he he heard one in between one of his shows, and he. Uh, gave a good laugh and like a thumbs up to, I think, one of the producers or something. But, yeah, there, there's people that, uh, you know, I said earlier, there's some people that will say, what, you know, why can't we do more comparison and, our, our, you know, do more things that show the commonality in non-Catholic world. And uh, so, but for the most part, yeah, people, people like them. All right, Steve Gleason joining us here on Catholic Drive Time. We are going to take a break and come back with more Steve, the guy who is uh, honored and respected by popes. All right, Monsignor Pope. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Haven't you honestly wondered why do all the different denominations break away from each other? Timeline, 1500s, Luther breaks from the Catholic Church. 16th century, John Knox is influenced by Calvin and breaks from Luther, thus the Presbyterians. 17th century, John Smith then breaks away and starts the Baptist. 
first 18th century. Wesley breaks and starts the Methodists. Even crazier are all the scores of non-denominational individuals who break from each other, generally due to cosmic ego and, quote, a new revelation. Well, here's the three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. Judges 21 says, quote, In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which is right in his own eyes. Secondly, physics. Once the dam breaks, water goes where it will. Luther broke canon law 331, which says about the Pope, By virtue of his office, he possesses supreme, full, immediate, and universal ordinary power in the church. And thirdly, my take. Gifted theologians can be just like my fourth grade friend who said, I'm taking my bat and ball and going home. Hey, Donnie, who was the first pope to whom Jesus said, You are the rock upon which I will build my church? St. Peter. And who is the current pope? Pope Francis. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. My name is Dave Palmer, filling in for Adrian Fonseca today and Monday, along with Cecil Anderson, Rudy Carlos, and uh, Taylor Van Nest are down in the Houston office and studio. And we're glad you're with us. We're also broadcasting on social media sites like Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and Rumble. If you want to see what it looks like behind the scenes, see Steve Gleason live and in person. Uh, Steve is the uh, Wednesday host of A Life Lived Joyfully, and he also is the host of the one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism that you hear uh, several times during this show every morning. And he has a uh, fresh, off-the-presses uh, one-minute segment that he's going to share with us in just a moment. So, anyways, thanks for joining us. And, Steve, thanks for coming in bright and early. Yes, sir. <laughs> Not so bright and early uh, this morning. And a couple things I want to mention before uh, we close out this interview is that, first of all, I, I mentioned in the introduction, I, I've, I've never heard you say anything negative about the Catholic Church. You, you're you just like this perpetually joyful guy, like like you just went through RCIA and, you know, like <laughs> these these fresh Catholics that are just, you know, like beaming. And and, and you seem to maintain that joy, you know, that, that joyful spirit. Uh, how so? What's, what's, what's the source other than the Holy Spirit we know, right? Yeah, so... I believe that my experience being baptized uh, 44 days after my birth, being raised by a very good mother and father that were uh, Catholics, and sending me to Catholic school, having the sacraments, you know, each and every day, that foundation. Uh, so for moms and dads that are stretching their budgets to send their kids to Catholic school, keep doing it. It's going to pay off for you. And then as I came back to the church, um, yes, honeymoon for sure for a while. And then I decided to make sure I knew as much as I can about the worst of the worst of what's going on anytime, any given time in the Catholic Church and reflect that against the greatness of the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. Reflect that against the fact that, that she has stood as the bride for 2000 years. We've had horrible times. We've had times of great heights and you know, making incredible movements into culture to change culture. Western culture is the best off because of the Catholic Church. So I make sure that though I know the good, the bad, and the ugly, I'm going to make sure that my heart and mind stays on the good 
and that I bring and preach and talk about the value of being a devoted Catholic, radically Catholic, being as far, going as far as you can with the, with what you have within you and around you to stay in the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength, Mm -hmm. right? So if you get weak, you've got to look to the you know, where do I find that joy? And if you're losing your joy, you can lose strength. So, you know, I, I say, uh, be aware of whatever things that are disturbing, but don't let that be the meditation of your heart. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you are, you know, finding those things that, uh, have caused a society, a culture of people to rise to great heights. And the church has done that for me and for millions of people. Yeah. Amen. All right. So a follow up question to that is that I know there are probably hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people listening right now who say, you know, the, the number one prayer request that we get is my my kids left the church. You know, I brought them up, like you said, in Catholic schools. We tried to do the right thing. We prayed the rosary. We taught them about Jesus and Mother Mary and the saints. And they left. You know, and they're gone, and you, that happened to you, and I'm sure it broke your parents' heart. But you came back, and so what would you say to these parents out there who are mourning the loss, so to speak, of their kids who have left the church? Well, I relate to you, uh, uh, any of you families or individuals listening, I relate to you on a couple of levels. Yes, my parents were just completely upside down about you know, when I told them I was going off to, you know, be a preacher outside of the Catholic Church, they were just disturbed over this. And, and my grandmother, I know, was praying rosaries and all these kinds of things. And I also can relate to you and feel very sympathetic toward you because my children were raised in, you know, these charismatic, non-Catholic, I mean, I was pastoring, right? So for them, it's been, it's been really difficult to see us you know, go, uh, Teresa and I go into the Catholic Church. I mean, I'm with, I'm with you. Those of you that are suffering over that, I sit here today in that very same situation. They're, they still struggle over this because their, their roots were, you know, out at, out at one of these other kind of non-denominational churches I'm talking about. So I would say that I join you in prayer. And I do those things that we all know to do, which is in my rosaries, I, I devote decades to each and every one of the children and to the grandchildren. I'm not going to lose any hope until, until a breath has left them, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how old they get. I'm, I'm going to keep standing in there in prayer. The saints are my motivation. I read of the saints every single day and see the things that they faced and the situations they created in their families, what, what they have faced. So, you know, surrounding us is a great cloud of witnesses that are cheering us on, that are, that are, you know, yay, keep going, Gleason, <laughs> keep going, keep praying, keep standing, keep standing for those. Pray your rosary, appeal to Christ, stay motivated by the saints, you know, have brothers and sisters around you. I meet with other brothers in Christ. We stay, we share these kinds of things. And so, your kids are, say, 45, 55 years old. They left the church. They're off out in no man's land. They may be involved in a, in a, you know, counter lifestyle or they're just sort of agnostic. Stand in there for them because it's never too late. 
Mm-hmm. Amen. Uh, I want to go back to one other part of your your story, and that is, uh, I love the part when you finally decided, you know, you're listening to Catholic Radio, and you had that 90-second encounter that you're talking about, and you start thinking, boy, I want to I wanna go to Mass, you know, I want to get back to Mass, but you're afraid to tell Teresa, your wife, and so one day you go and you tell her yes. that uh, you're going to go to Catholic Mass, and what happened? It's been a year, private study, going back to studying the church history from 33 A.D. to 1500 instead of 1500 to the end. And I said, I said to myself, this is it. And I go, honey, I'm going to, I'm thinking, how's this going to go? I'm going to a Catholic Mass right now. And she says, oh, good, that I'm going to. And like <laughs> relief, you know, a thousand pounds off my shoulders. And we walk in, Dave, and you've heard me share it before. It was just so powerful to walk in because, you know, I'm this guy that, you know, we preach Jesus. You know, I preach the word of God. You know, that was that was the, the mantra, right? And is, is, is Jesus and, and the Word of God really preached in the Catholic Church? And I just walk in and there's that crucifix just staring at me. And there's that altar server carrying that large crucifix up in front of the priest and the deacon. And I just, there's Jesus everywhere. There's the Holy Spirit, the opening prayer. Everything's the Word of God. Everything is Jesus. Everything becomes the Eucharist. And we just sit there and go, where have we been? And we found where our home is and have not turned back one second. Amen. You know, you're a revert, and uh, I sometimes get jealous of the, the, the converts. You know, I was born into a great Catholic family and kind of kind of like your family. And I, I, I wasn't, you know, there were times that I stopped going to church, but I never left the church, right? And uh, But I have a, a very, very good friend. In fact, he uh, was the best man in my wedding uh, who converted as an adult to the Catholic Church. Lives in Arkansas, of all places, where there are very few Catholics. And in fact, he, he and his wife are, uh, were out at World Youth Day uh, last week. And he's in diaconate formation. But I'll never forget, and I've told this story a few times before, but it's uh, worth repeating. When he was coming into the church up in um, Benton, Arkansas, when he was living, he invited me to come up there. I wasn't married yet, so I went up there. And uh, the night before the Mass that he was becoming Catholic, he uh, he asked me if, if I could stay up with him. And he said, I, I can't I can't go to sleep. He said, I am going to receive the Eucharist tomorrow, and I'm so excited. It was like like Christmas Eve, you know, the when you, you remember, you, you just can't fall asleep because you're so excited about what's going to happen. That's awesome. And I told him at the time, I said, Rick, I, I, I've been receiving the Eucharist, I guess at that time, for probably, you know, 35 years or so. I said, I, I, I've never experienced that. I've never been so excited the night before going to receive the Eucharist, but here you are a convert, and so we can learn a lot from the converts. Yes, you know, and I've... Uh, it, coming out of the 60s and the 70s and all of that and and you know I was a part of that some of you have probably watched that Jesus Revolution movie that's out there it's about the the birth kind of of the the Jesus people and I was I was in on that out of Orange County California and so the the guy that had the heroin addict testimonies always sort of dominated the world you know guy the guys that were the LSD guys and completely spaced out and you know, been in mental institutions and then, G- and then Jesus, you know, changed them. A- everybody wanted that heroin testimony that I was completely down and out. But I can't, and I, you know, I saw that too. And, and yet I started coming to realize the real great testimony is sort of the Dave Palmer testimony. You know, the, <laughs> right, the, I've, 
you know, I've stayed there. I wasn't the clown that decided to stick a needle in my arm and, and in today's world, you know, take fentanyl and take tranquilizers and, and just live completely insane. Maybe, you know, and maybe you come back to life. But the, the guy that could stay there and stay steady, that was the impressive testimony. That's become to me the greater testimony. So for, for all of you longtime Catholics that have never been there and you don't have any, you know, glorious heights of revelation of how Jesus changed you and touched and everything. It's okay. Steady is a good thing. Yeah. I remember the time when I was coming back in the, well, not coming back in the church, but getting excited about the faith in the late nineties. And you had Scott Hahn and you had Steve Ray and you had Tim Staples and all these amazing <laughs> stories. And then somebody would come along uh, and say, Oh, uh, I'm, I'm a credo Catholic. And you're kind of like, Oh, okay. That's, <laughs> that's, that, that story isn't quite as exciting. I want to hear the Scott Hahn story yeah. or the Tim Staples. There's a place um, for excitement. There's a place for steady. Yeah. Amen, brother. All right. Let's not run out of time before we do this. New Steve Gleason uh, minutes. So, so should I, I, can, I, can, I guess I should do it like I, I'm yeah, in the recording studio. Yeah, like, you know, and, yeah, and, yeah. And Cecil's saying hurry up, right? <laughs> we don't want to run out of time. So, yeah, go ahead. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Have you ever heard anyone espouse this? The Catholic Church just needs to sell all those cathedrals and feed the poor. Well, my Catholic friends, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, statistics and perspective. The Vatican has an income of about $400 million a year, which is pennies compared to the top five mega churches in the U.S., Regretfully, there are about one billion people who do go hungry every year. So if the Vatican liquidated all assets, which are reported to be around a billion dollars, the hungry could be fed for about 30 days. And then what? Secondly, the Bible. Jesus never asked Joseph of Arimathea, Matthew the tax collector, or Mary Magdalene to liquidate what they had and go feed the poor. Only the rich young ruler was told to do that. And thirdly, my pesky comeback to my non-Catholic friend. Where are you, Mr. Bezos, Mr. Gates, Mr. Zuckerberg, and of course you, Elon? You guys are driven with getting people to invest and buy. Catholic priests are driven to get people to heaven. So the next time you see a hungry person, check and see if Amazon, SpaceX, or Apple have started their liquidation sale yet. Oh, wow. Masterful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Boy, you rolled through that without a single, I mean, you were just like on it, like it was uh, been recorded. So, all right, yeah. Steve Gleason, thanks so much thanks, for coming Dave. early in the morning for us. Uh, this is Catholic Drive Time. One hour to go, including the after show. Uh, we're going to talk about a radical conversion, an encounter with Christ. We'll be back. God bless you. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Is the Bible sufficient to answer all questions about Christian living and church life? Well, the answer is definitively no. There isn't agreement on scores of doctrinal issues, such as the effects of baptism, who can receive communion, once saved, always saved, abortion, or how about eligibility for marriage after divorce? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, fruit analysis. Luther, Calvin, and Zwingli, who are the fathers of non-Catholic Christianity, did not rid the unbiblical practices that 
they despised, but instead turned out to be the progenitors of some 50 denominations and scores of divergent beliefs. Secondly, natural reason. Well, if the Bible alone is supposed to clarify all beliefs, the very fact that such division prevails is actually proof that an arbiter of doctrine is desperately needed. And thirdly, the golden twins. Sacred scripture and sacred tradition will always prevail as the foundation of all Christian truth, doctrines, and beliefs. Remember, identical twins come from one egg. I actually was gone from the Catholic Church for 35 years. I want to get to heaven. I don't know if I will. I mean, I worry about it. But I not only want to get to heaven at the moment of my death, I want to find as much heaven as possible here on earth. So I need help. I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Celebrating the culture of life. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hi, I'm Rudy Carlos, Executive Director of Digital Development, and you're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. the Guadalupe Radio Network. I was just looking at my schedule saying, now, what are we doing this hour? <laughs> this is all new to me. Dave Palmer, Cecil Anderson here, along with Rudy Carlos and Taylor Van Nest. And, uh, uh, giving Adrian Fonseca a well-deserved break. You know, I think ever since he took over this program, uh, I don't think he's had a day off. I may, I may be wrong about that, but uh, not many anyways. <laughs> so he is on vacation and hopefully resting because not, not that I have to tell you this, Rudy, but, uh, you know, do, doing a show day after day after day, I mean, mm-hmm. that it takes a lot of dedication, getting up early, research. And so, man, kudos to you guys and thanks for what you do. Oh, thanks, Dave. You know, I haven't slept a, an hour in two years, so you know, just kind of <laughs> just kind of keep rolling along. I have a cup of coffee here and there, and maybe an energy drink. But uh, yeah, it's <laughs> tough. No, it actually, in all seriousness, it is kind of tough to take a day off when you have a, a daily morning show. But you know, uh, he's he's uh, deserved it, so that's good. I hope he has a great time out in Europe. Yeah, and it, it, it amazes me because, uh, you know, Sissel and Adrian are both in their mid-20s. <laughs> and I think about what I was like when I was in my mid-20s. And I <laughs> didn't, don't have nearly the wisdom or the knowledge or the love of the faith as people like Sissel and Adrian do, uh, to have. So, so true. anyways... Um, we're going to get to the news here in just a moment with Rudy Carlos, but let me tell you what's going on. The reason I had a little pause a moment ago is that I was like, okay, I know we're doing these 15 minutes, and I was trying to figure out from 15 to 30, it's the game show, you know? The game show show is going to be going on, and uh, let me give out the phone number because uh, if you're a regular listener to this program, you know that uh, from 7.15 to 7.30 Central Time every Monday through Friday, there's uh, Fair and Trembling. That's uh, the name of the show. And uh, the phone number is 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. Maybe a little early to call now because you have to sit for you know 15 minutes on the line. But write down that number, and we'll be looking for a contestant here in just a couple of minutes. And uh, it's interesting because 
typically I'm the guest on Fridays at this time. And so I was like, well, what do I do? Because I'm typically the guest and I'm the host. I think what you should do is change your voice a little bit and interview yourself. I think that would be really entertaining. (laughs) Well, that thought crossed my mind. I think Rudy can uh, interview me about uh, Thomistic philosophy. We can do that, okay? So we'll have a little segment. uh, And uh, Cecil and I are going to talk here in a moment about uh, Back to the Father, a program that we do every Friday at 1 o'clock Central Time about Thomistic philosophy and uh, that kind of stuff. So uh, I've got some interesting things to tell you about. And uh, and don't forget, in the after show today, which is only on social media, not on the radio, I am going to have a guest uh, in studio with us. Her name is Lisa Phillip, and we're going to talk about a radical encounter with Jesus Christ. Okay, She had hit a real rough spot in her life, uh, went through a divorce and lost her job, and she went on a uh, little missionary trip down to, to Peru a number of years ago. And uh, just had a radical encounter with Christ. And when she told me about this, when I was interviewing her uh, a few days ago, I was like, I want to know more about that. And so if you're listening out there, have you had that kind of an encounter? You know, uh, we should every time we receive the Eucharist because that is an encounter with Christ, right? Uh, but it would be kind of fun to have that conversation. And of course, Cecil and Rudy will jump in as well. And also your comments on social media. that We'd love to hear what you have to say as well. All right, with no further ado, let's go over to Rudy Carlos with a look at some of the headline news. Thank you, Dave. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here are more breaking news and headlines for you. Breitbart reports Biden gives Iran $6 billion worth in unfrozen assets plus prisoners for five jailed Americans. The Biden administration reportedly struck a deal with Iran to unfreeze $6 billion worth of Iranian financial assets and release a handful of Iranian nationals jailed for violating U.S. sanctions in exchange for five Americans taken prisoner by Iran on highly dubious charges of espionage. Here's another article. This one is from Ground News. The headline is, NOAA forecasters increase Atlantic hurricane prediction to above normal. So maybe it's a good time to go out to the grocery store and stock up uh, before anything happens. Federal forecasters have increased the chances of an above-average Atlantic hurricane season to 60%, citing record hot ocean water and a delayed El Nino pattern as contributing factors. The revised forecast predicts between 14 to 21 named storms, with 6 to 11 becoming hurricanes. And of those, uh, two or five of those hurricanes are expected to be major hurricanes with winds over 110 miles per hour. Warm sea surface temperatures and late-blooming El Nino patterns create uncertainty for the remainder of the hurricane season, but experts advise taking precautionary measures and uh, preparing for potential storms. So maybe go and look for some uh, uh, dried foods and dried goods and stuff like that to bolster your pantry there. Catholic News Agency reports the glorious cross of St. Edith Stein. Stein wrote extensively about the meaning of the cross and her last yet incomplete work before her deportation to and subsequent death at Auschwitz in 1942 was, quote, the science of the cross, unquote. Her personal lifelong journey of faith toward the cross and her decision to enter the convent are the most fascinating aspects of her life. Through her writings, even though, uh, but even more by looking at her life, her choices and her view of her own destiny, we come to clear, the clear understanding of the true meaning of the cross and how each one of us may share in its glory. We learn from her that our path inevitably leads us toward the cross once we embark on our journey of faith, and we learn that this cross, properly understood, is not a life of fatalism, penance, uh, or suffering for the sake of suffering. Instead, it's Christ's cross. It's always a glorious one. 
Sharing in his suffering and his death by dying to ourselves always points us to the joys of the resurrection and to love. It's a wonderful article out of Catholic News Agency. I suggest you go check it out. But those were all of your headlines this morning, and may God bless all of your holy efforts today. Thank you, Dave. All right. Thank you so much, Rudy Carlos, here on Catholic Drive Time. Thanks for joining us. It's six minutes after the hour now. And, you know, talking about St. Edith Stein, she was not only a a great saint, uh, she also was a great philosopher. And it kind of leads us Mm. into uh, this segment now. And I'm trying to remember, she, she is not... A doctor of the church, right? She is not. No. Okay, not yet. Some Maybe people, one day. Yeah, some people have talked about the possibility that she might be a doctor of the church sometime. And she's pretty amazing, and she was uh, just uh, amazingly bright. And I, I've always been fascinated with the doctors of the church because there's no one, like, cookie-cutter you know, what does it take to be a doctor? You take somebody like St. Augustine or St. Thomas Aquinas, and then you get St. Therese of Lisieux. I mean, they, they really had a, a very little in common other than just being really holy and uh, just being kind of exemplars of some aspect of the Catholic faith or so. So, uh, yeah, do you, uh, do you ever geek out on Doctors of the Church, Rudy? And just, uh, I don't know, I, I just find them interesting. <laughs> well, I have, a, I have as a patron uh, St. Therese of Lisieux. So, uh, yeah, I, I suppose I do have a Doctor of the Church as my patron there. And uh, it, it is wonderful to to see the the diversity. I think Steve Gleason, who we had as a guest earlier in the segment, uh, he mentioned that you know there's there's different uh, there's different parts to the body of Christ, and you certainly mm-hmm. see that with uh, you know like a, my patroness uh, Saint Therese of Lisieux, who wrote about so many different things. She talks about her little way of of loving our Lord and, and the things that she does, and. Then you can go to other doctors like St. Thomas Aquinas and you get a completely different sort of perspective, which I think is a great thing. Now, when you say she's your patroness, what do you mean by that? Uh, she's my patron saint. So, uh, oh, okay. yeah. So when like, I, like you chose her for confirmation? Exactly, for my confirmation okay. saint. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. That, that's interesting. I, I remember I, I read A Story of a Soul many years ago, and I read through the whole thing, and I was like, you know, what's the big deal about this? It just really didn't hit me. Mm-hmm. I put it down. I picked it up about five years later and read it again and absolutely changed my life. I and did it was the same like, thing. Uh, is that right? Yeah. I, I, I tried to read it about five years ago, and I was thinking, man, this is, I cannot read this. And I, I, don't, I'm not, I don't get it. I don't understand what the hype is. But I finished it just a week ago. And it was one of those moments, too, uh, Dave, where you didn't know that it was the end. You know, it was kind of yeah. uh, because I was listening to it on an audiobook and it, it wrapped <laughs> up. And then it, the next chapter was, well, now we reflect on the story of a soul. I said, wait a minute. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I needed more. <laughs> I want more. <laughs> yeah, but there was no more, no. you know, and it's, uh, and, you know, in God's providence, we'd never even know about St. Therese of Lisieux if her mother superior, which yeah. was her biological sister, had not basically forced her to write that, you know, because I don't think she had a big interest in writing her story down but mm-hmm. uh, amazing story all right so uh, i mentioned about uh, you know, saint edith stein uh, being a great philosopher and maybe one day being a doctor of the church and uh, you know during this segment typically i'm on with uh, uh adrian rudy talking about back to the father and this is a program that Cecil and i host along with a young uh, homeschool uh, bright man um senior in high school named william crookendall and we take some aspect of 
uh, Thomistic philosophy, and we talk about it from the Summa Theologia, which is a great love of mine. And um, and so I just wanted to kind of highlight that and have a, a little brief conversation. We only have about five minutes or so, but I wanted to start off because a lot of people are, would ask themselves, and maybe you would, Rudy or Sissel, you know, why study philosophy? Mm-hmm. You know, what's what, why, why philosophy, and how is it different from theology? Well, philosophy has to do with those things that we can know through natural reason. You know, it's not supernatural like you know theology would be like the, the 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 blessed trinity or the angels those are all supernatural beliefs these are things that we could come to know uh through reason well i'm a big fan of dr peter craved and he says in a book that i'm reading right now called socrates children he said why is philosophy important and he says because it is distinctively human animals do not philosophize because they know too little and god's or angel in God or angels do not philosophize because they know too much. To be human is to philosophize, for to be human is to wonder. And then uh, he says, uh, it makes a difference to everyone. Philosophy does. Sometimes the difference is a matter of life and death. What wars are fought for philosophical reasons. The Civil War was fought over the rightness or wrongness of slavery. World War II was fought over fascism, which is a philosophy. The Cold War was fought over a philosophy, Marxism and communism. The present cultural wars are being fought throughout Western civilization over many related philosophical issues. Religion, human nature, natural laws, human sexuality, the meaning of marriage and family, whether human lives have absolute or relative value, just and unjust wars, and the role of the state in human life. Okay, so there are some reasons why... We need, you know, nobody can say I'm not going to do philosophy because by even saying I'm not going to do philosophy, you've just established your philosophy, right? So we're all, we're all philosophers. Uh, so today on Back to the Father at 1 o'clock Central Time, we're going to start off, and Rudy, you tell me if you've ever heard of this. Have you ever heard of uh, Aristotle's uh, Four Causes? Uh, yes, in passing, by this really young... A homeschool kid, and I was just blown away because I had never heard of this before. And I was thinking, oh, how right. could it be oh. that a young mind can understand it? But believe it or not, young kids can understand this stuff. Yeah, and so just a quick little preview. Maybe so there's Aristotle. hope for me, Dave. <laughs> you, just have to, you just have to tune in to Back to the Father, and you're going to learn all this stuff, right? So uh, Aquinas, following Aristotle, talked about these four causes. And the reasons it's it's important is because the four causes explain things. You know, the four causes is that there's a material cause, a formal cause, a, a final cause, and an efficient cause. Okay, the material cause is like the materials that something's made of. Formal cause is what it is. Um, efficient cause is what made it. And then the final cause is the purpose, the purpose of it. And the interesting thing is if you follow the history of philosophy from, you know, uh, Socrates all the way to the current day, there are different philosophers will throw out some cause or another, right? Like, for example, purpose. Like, do things have purpose? Does, you know, marriage have a purpose? Does human life have a purpose? You know, what is the purpose of anything? It's a very important question to ask, right? And so we're going to talk about that, and they're also going to talk about the pre-Socratic philosophers, you know, the ones that came before Socrates and some of the things that we can learn from them. Most of them are names are that are not familiar to the average person, but the things that they taught I think are, are very important and also play a big role in modern day life. So, all right. Did I intrigue you enough to tune in to Back to the Father today? 100%. I think I'm too busy. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just lost this all. <laughs> uh, Dave, do you think you could maybe give us uh, a minute 
a summary of all of this? You know, kind of like Steve Gleason. <laughs> a minute summary of the <laughs> whole thing. No all mistakes. Of the, yeah, all of it. Uh, all the philosophy. Well, well I'll tell you. I'll, I'll give you <laughs> an, an example. Let me ask you. I, I, I'm going to give you a name, and you tell me if you've ever even heard of this. Okay, I'll start with an easy one. A pre-Socratic philosopher. You've heard of Pythagoras, right? Unfortunately. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the, the Pythagorean theorem, right? Uh, Democritus, uh, big influence on modern science. Okay, he lived before Socrates. The rest of it, you're gonna have to tune in at one o'clock Central Time today. Uh, back to the Father, only on the social media sites. Okay, we need a contestant for Fear and Trembling. Eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. Call right now. We'd love to talk with you. Eight seven 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 five seven. 9424. Catholic Drive Time continues after this. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tour for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. In your view, was the Virgin Mary simply an obedient woman who willingly gave biological and maternal matter to Jesus and therefore has been given undue adoration? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. The Virgin Mary is in the first book of the Bible, the last book of the Bible, all through the Gospels and close to 15 other typologies throughout Scripture. Secondly, the Ark of the Covenant. It was the most revered object in the history of the children of Israel. That ark carried the presence of God. Well, goodness, the Virgin Mary did not just carry the presence of God. She carried God himself. Thirdly, something to think on. If God is a father, he is, and we are known as his children, we are, and the body of Christ are called brothers and sisters, they are. Wouldn't God provide a mother for his church? He did. So here's an idea. Ask a wartime veteran who soldiers cry out for in a moment of fear. That's right, their mother. Mother Mary, pray for us. Ever feel like life's just too much? Maybe it's time for a change. God offers us relief and hope. So if you're feeling like you need more peace today, begin at catholicscomehome.com. I used to wonder if God really cared about me. Then I started praying and going to church. I realized that God in my life was the difference between occasionally being happy and finding lasting joy. If you're looking for something more, check out catholicscomehome.com. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. All right, this is Catholic Drive Time. It's time for Fair and Trembling. And uh, one little quick uh, trivia note before we get into uh, and welcome our, our contestant. Uh, fair and Trembling, of course, comes from St. Paul, right? He mm -hmm. talked about working out our salvation with Fair and Trembling, and I think that's where it came from. There's also a famous philosopher who ah, wrote yes. a book called Fair and Trembling. Do you know what that, that is, Rudy Carlos? Have you no. ever heard of a... a Okay, uh, he's actually a good Christian philosopher. Oh, I think I remember. Uh, can I, can yeah, I guess? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Is it Kierkegaard? It is, yeah. yeah. I do learn some things from Back <laughs> to the Father. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Soren Kierkegaard wrote a book. He was an interesting guy uh, named uh, called Fear and Trembling. Okay, so... Uh, there's your philosophy trivia for today. All right, let's uh, go on, and uh, I'm so happy to have uh, Pocahontas on with us, and she is our contestant for Fair and Trembling today. Uh, good morning, Pocahontas. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. 
Are you from the San Antonio area? I am. Okay, because I, I recognize, and I know that you're not the only Pocahontas in the world, but I recognize your name from uh, perhaps you calling in during Shurathons. Are, are you the same Pocahontas that calls in often? I am. Yeah. Oh well, thank oh, you. Thanks, thanks for, for your support. That's it's a, it's a name that you know you don't forget because it's a very unique name. Have you have you enjoyed having the name Pocahontas throughout your life, or has I'm sure you get a lot of comments about it. I have, I have. I was named after my mother's sister, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very, very unique name. So, all right, so Pocahontas, I'm guessing you kind of know how this game works, do you? We're, we're actually going to do a little twist this morning since we have both Rudy and Sissel. But, uh, Rudy, do you want, you, you, you know this a whole lot better than I do. Do you want to kind of explain the prize and what's going on with this game? Absolutely. So today's Friday, and it's the day that we typically draw a, a name out of the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize, which happened to have been. Nicole Lanthier Art. Now, if I could just have a minute and say, Father Lassance once said that pictures, and he says that good and pure pictures are consolers of loneliness, and they're a relief to the troubled mind. They're windows to the imprisoned heart, books, and histories and sermons that you can read without troubling your eyes and straining your eyes on the pages. Um, that being said, the prize pack this week is a print, a wonderful Catholic art print that you can install in your domestic church of your home, and it'll be a great reminder for you of the goodness, the true, the beautiful of our Lord. And so, in every uh, you know every uh, every uh, piece of art that you you purchase from Nicole Lanthier is going to support her family first and foremost, and it's going to send her five kids to Catholic school. So we're so thankful for Nicole Lanthier. For sponsoring our game show this week. Uh, if you're following us on our social media sites, I'm going to be posting some links to her work if you'd like to support her, and she would really appreciate that. But the game show works like this. Dave is going to ask three Catholic trivia questions. Pocahontas, you don't have to know any of the questions. All you have to do is discern whether I, Rudy, who is never tricky, or Sissel, who's probably tricky most of the time, is telling the truth. So it's basically it you're is. trying to discern who is telling the truth, who is telling a lie, and every correct answer goes into the coffee cup at Divine Providence, and it increases your chances of winning the prize this week. All right. Well done, Rudy. Gosh, that was great. Um, and we'll do the drawing right after um, we're finished with Pocahontas. Is that right? That's right. We'll hear a okay. drum roll from Taylor, and uh, I'll draw a name. Yeah, all right. We'll be off and running. Okay, Pocahontas, uh, are you ready to get started with the first question? I am. Okay, here we are. First question of three. Uh, the question is, who was the first apostle to be martyred? Who was the first apostle to be martyred? And let's go ahead and uh, ladies first. Cecil, do you oh. want to take, a, take a, a stab at this? Okay, well, I did grow up Protestant, so I studied my Bible pretty well. So I think <laughs> I, I think I might know this one. I think it is uh, St. James the Greater. St. James the Greater. St. Jimmy okay. the Greater. Yeah. All right, St. James the Greater. Uh, Rudy, what do you think? Okay, so we talked about Zacchaeus last week. Zacchaeus was the, the man short in stature, but in, in great love for our Lord, who climbed up onto the tree to get a, a look at our Lord passing by. Well, it turns out that the reason we have this detail, this account of Zacchaeus, is because he became the first martyr. He That's became right. the short person for Christ. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> you oh call my. in during a share-a-thon or what? <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember him on the list of apostles, but I, you know, I, I didn't what? grow up Protestant, hmm? so oh. I don't know my Bible as well as uh, yeah. Cecil does. Okay. All right, Pocahontas. Uh, who was the first apostle to be martyred? Uh, do you think it was Saint James the Greater or was it Zacchaeus? Saint James the Greater. Dar. <laughs> All right. Very good. Okay. I wasn't there like some sound effect when she oh, there it is. Oh, there I was going to start applauding like, for her. Ding, ding, ding. All right. She knows her uh, Bible Pocahontas, uh, you yes. are one for one if you're keeping score at home. So uh, congratulations on that. All right. It's a little bit harder this time. I think that one was yeah, pretty easy, but uh, this one's a little bit harder. Who discovered the true cross on which Christ was crucified. Who discovered the true cross on which Christ was crucified? Rudy, you want to go first this time? Sure, Dave. Uh, yeah, it's a fascinating story, actually. This guy, his name is Richard Sophiest. And he was at a thrift store, a local Goodwill. He was digging through all the bins and stuff, and he found this, this huge chunk of wood, and he was thinking, this is so odd. Why would somebody donate this? It must be valuable. You know, this must have come from somebody's estate. He took it out, he purchased it for $3, and he had it scientifically observed, and actually it, it was the true cross. Hmm. Wow. Can you believe that? There's so many details in that story that it, it's got to be true. Uh, Richard, <laughs> Richard Sophiest, is that Sophiest, his name? yeah, Richard Sophiest. So, Sophiest, okay, i got to make sure I pronounce it right. All right, uh, I don't know what could be any better than that. Sissel, what would you say? Uh, who, uh, who discovered the true cross on which Christ was uh, crucified? I want to say, you know, moms are really good at keeping track of things and hunting things down. Whenever you hmm. they go and ask you, can you find, or are you, so you come up to them and say, I can't find my hairbrush, and they find it in five seconds. So I'm going to say that the mother of Emperor Constantine, St. Helena, uh, I think also known as St. Helena, the cross, yeah. might be a little hint. Hmm. Not at a thrift store either, I'm <laughs> guessing. All right, Pocahontas, uh, do you think it was St. Helena, mother of the Emperor Constantine, or a guy named Richard Sophiest at a thrift store? <laughs> okay, okay I'm giving... <laughs> she thought a lot about that one, I could tell. Yeah, Richard so really put a lot of work into that wrong answer, didn't he? I mean, he, he really gave us some details. Okay, so uh, Pocahontas, you got the, the second one right. So now uh, we're surface. on to the third one, and this is a simple, uh, basically one-word answer, although I think we're probably going to get a little <laughs> bit more than one word out of these two. Uh, and this is uh, an interesting question. I actually never have thought of this, to be honest with you. The question is, uh, is the stigmata painful? And uh, just for those uh, who are not familiar with the stigmata, this is something that some uh, very holy people throughout the history of the church, like St. Francis of Assisi and St. Padre Pio, where they actually receive the wounds of Christ. Okay, so they'll actually bleed from their you know, wrists and, and, and feet and the, and the side. They'll have the wounds of Christ, if you're not familiar with the stigmata. So, all right, so I guess it's a simple answer. Uh, Cecil, is the stigmata painful or not? No. It's not. Okay. No, it's <laughs> no you get spe I think you get like some pain numbing abilities in in those places. Okay. You know, you all have right. the wound, nothing going, but no pain at all. No pain at all. Okay. Uh, Rudy Carlos, would you agree or disagree with Sissel? What could I possibly say? But yes, it is very painful. It is uh, sharing in the, the suffering of our Lord, and it's, a, it's actually a, a really great grace to receive this. Uh, so, you know, if you watch the... Uh, Horror movies and things like that, you'll see it as a common thing. It's not It's not common. Not anyone just gets that. It's those people who are, are chosen by our Lord to share in his suffering. It's a really wonderful thing. But it does hurt. 
All right. Okay. So does it hurt or not? Uh, you two don't agree on anything, do you? No. Oh, this is crazy. <laughs> All right. Uh, Pocahontas, uh, is the stigmata painful? Sissel says no, and Rudy says yes. What, what, what would your answer be? I'm going to say yes. Wow, you are absolutely right. <laughs> now, that one, I think, was probably the most challenging. I think we kind of gave the other ones away. So, uh, Pocahontas, congratulations. You won't have to wait long three, to find four, out whether three. or not you, you win this, uh, this prize or not. But uh, thank you for your ongoing support of the GRN. Thanks for, I guess you listen to 89.7 FM in, in, there in South Texas. Is that right? I do, yes. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, God bless you. Thank, thanks for calling in. Have you ever played the game before? Or is this your first time? No, I've played it before. Oh, you have? Okay. Okay, yeah. great. All right. Well, thank you so much for making it easy on me because I was hoping we'd get a, a, a great contestant, and you certainly were. So, Pocahontas, thank you very much. We'll, we'll uh, I guess, do the drawing now, right, uh, Rudy? Yes, I'm shuffling right now, and I have... Tickets here in my hand from the coffee company. Oh, and this Divine is the Providence. Divine. Uh, the, okay, the coffee and bowl I have of Divine one Providence. in my hand now, and it is Tala. Tala, one of our first contestants from the week. <coughs> Tala is the winner. Congratulations. Tala. How do you spell? How do you spell Tala? T A U L A. Tala. Oh, okay. All right, Tala. Kind of like Tala with a T. Interesting. That's right. Wow. This is the the the, the morning of interesting names, isn't it? <laughs> it uh, is. Tala and Pocahontas. Okay, so Pocahontas, I'm not sure if you're still with us or not, but thanks again uh, for listening and supporting the network and and, uh, joining us. Sorry you didn't win, but, you know, there's always another chance. Have you ever won the prize? No, not yet. (laughs) You got to keep trying. You got to keep trying. Maybe next month you can try. Okay, God bless. Likewise. Okay, thanks, Pocahontas. God bless. Do you have to wait a month before you can play again, uh, Rudy? Is that the rule? Mm -hmm. Okay, got to wait a month. Okay. All right, so uh, it's 27 minutes after the hour now, and uh, this is Catholic Drive Time, and Adrian is on vacation, but uh, we're here with you, and I guess this pretty much closes out the radio portion of the show, Uh, so it's been a great pleasure to be with you uh, on the radio. We do 30 minutes of after show on our social media sites if you want to hang with us. Of course, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is going to be played on all the radio stations, and so stay tuned for that. Uh, Sissel and I will be back on Monday morning with uh, Rudy and Taylor and the gang. And then you have some other hosts the rest of the week next week. So uh, thanks again. God bless you. St. Clair of Assisi, pray for us. And if you want to hang out with us in the after show, we'll be back right after this. Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. At Our Lady of Corpus Christi, home of the Salt community. For more information, visit salt.net or ourladyofcorpuschristi.org. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Clair. We offer this holy sacrifice of the Mass for all those listening to Guadalupe Radio Network and all of our online viewers. God, Father, praise and glory, thy children bring to thee. Thy grace and peace to mankind shall now forever be. O most holy Trinity, undivided unity, Holy God, mighty God, God immortal, be adored. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Kyrie eleison. Kyrie eleison. Kyrie eleison. Let us pray. O God, who in your mercy led St. Clair to the love of poverty, grant through her intercession that following Christ in poverty of spirit, we may merit to contemplate you one day in the heavenly kingdom. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. A reading from the book of Deuteronomy. Moses said to his people, Ask now of the days of old, before your time, ever since God created man upon the earth. Ask from one end of the sky to the other, Did I get anything? Did anything so great happen before? Was it ever heard of? Did a people ever hear the voice of God speaking from the midst of a fire as you did and live? Or did God venture, did any God venture to go and take a nation for himself from the midst of other nations by testing the signs and wonders by war with his strong hand and outstretched arm and great terrors, all of which the Lord your God did for the Egypt before your very eyes? All this you were allowed to see, that you might know the Lord is God, and there is no other out of the heavens. He has let you hear his voice to discipline you. 
you on earth, he lets you see his great fire, and you heard him speaking out of the fire. For your love of fathers, he chose their descendants and personally led you out of Egypt by his great power, driving out of your way nations greater and mightier than you. So bring as you bring in, and make their land your heritage as it is today. This is why you must know and fix in your heart that the Lord is God in the heavens above and the earth below, and that there is no other. You must keep his statutes and commandments, which I enjoin on you today, that you and your children after may prosper, that you may have long life on this land, with the Lord your God is giving forever the word of the Lord. Responsorial Psalm. I remember the deeds of the Lord. I remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I remember your wonders of old, and I meditate on your works, your exploits I ponder. I remember the deeds of the Lord. O oh God, your way is holy. What great God is there like our God? You are the God who works wonders among the peoples you have made known your power. I remember the deeds of the Lord. With your strong arm, you redeemed your people and the sons of Jacob and Joseph. You led your people like a flock under the care of Moses and Aaron. I remember the deeds of the Lord. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? Or what can one give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in his Father's glory, and then he will repay each according to his conduct. Amen, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus. There's a priest here, Father Vince. You remember Vignola? How they were selling heroin on the steps of the church. They were they the, the young people, these kids were in the car in the parking lot, and I went in there and I said 
what are we doing here? And they said, well, ascoltamo musico, we're listening to music. And they weren't listening to anything, so they looked at me and scowled and turned the radio on. And they were selling heroin right there in the parking lot. Now, I'm, I'm, I'll go to Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament and say, what do we do? Lord, what do we do with these kids? And in fact, I remember praying a lot about that question. And I actually one night prayed the, the, the whole night and I was uh, praying profusely for this answer. And the next day I found myself with a, a, a group of pilgrims going to this pilgrimage site called San Michele Gargano. It's this shrine in the mountains. And St. Francis of Assisi went there and he was afraid to go in. He didn't feel worthy to go in. And I went in there and there was 300 young people singing in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And the answer for me, that was the answer, bring people to Jesus in the Eucharist. And that is where they can find themselves, their vocation. They can be pulled out of whatever evils that we have a tendency to get into they can be brought to Christ. St. Clair, the great, uh, wonderful nun of Assisi, the, the sister, so to speak, of St. Francis, she was a, the kind of female counterpart of the Franciscan order. She was a lot more strict than Francis was in her, her fasting and her penances. St. Clair, she said, you have to look in the mirror of Christ if you're going to see who you are. And you have to look in that mirror every day. And Jesus has to show you who you are. And this is true especially for our young people and for vocations. Vocations come from the Eucharist. And so our work is to try to get people to have an encounter, a living encounter with Jesus in the Eucharist. And he is the one who leads people to their purpose, their mission, and oftentimes you know, you would either have a, a mission to become a priest or a nun, or you'd bump into somebody there and say, oh, hey, let's get married, <laughs> where you would meet your vocation. You're being in the right place, and you would meet the right person in the right place instead of somewhere else. And this is a, a, a gift of the church. And that's why the readings, the gospel readings particularly, are very similar to yesterday when it talks about if you're going to find out who you are, you have to deny your very self and pick up your cross and carry him. And it's in self-denial that you find, and I know it sounds paradoxical, it's very paradoxical, but it's in loving another, that you, it is in love itself that you find yourself, and especially being loved by Jesus. Jesus gives us an example. He's not just saying, this is what you need to do. This is actually his whole program. He denied his very self, picked up his cross, and he followed the Father. And that's what we do. We follow Jesus following the Father. Or rather, Jesus comes into our heart and shows us how to follow the Father the very same way he does, by denying our very selves and turning to him. And in this act of love, there's a light that illumines your mission, that illumines who you really are. It's also the pattern of human relationships of how we should love, how priests should love their people, how husband and wife should love one another, and how communities, how we should all be trying to deny our very selves. And this is phenomenal. This is wonderful. This is what the first reading was talking about. 
Has there any been, had there, did anything so great ever happen before? The Eucharistic community of the church. Such a wonderful thing to li- have people who are living in communion with Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament. And like St. Clair, she took the Blessed Sacrament out when there was this war that the Saracens were going to invade. And she heard Jesus say, I will never fail to protect you. And that is what Jesus needs. We need to be reminded that of in the church, that if we focus more and more in the Eucharist, Jesus will never fail to protect us. When we stop focusing on the, on the Lord in the Eucharist, we don't allow him to protect us. We don't allow him to provide us. We don't allow him to lead us in the right direction. May our adoration of our blessed Lord in the Eucharist never cease. Let us bring our petitions to the Lord. We pray for the whole church that it may shine forth with the holiness of Jesus Christ. And for a greater increase in Eucharistic devotion, we pray to the Lord. We pray for our Holy Father, O bishops and priests, that they may be good stewards of the Eucharistic mystery. For this we pray to the Lord. We pray for our government leaders, that they may not enact laws that are against gospel conscience, the natural law written on every human heart. Particularly, we pray for an end to abortion, same-sex unions, gender confusion, and human trafficking. We pray to the Lord. We pray for the sick, the suffering, the poor, the lost, the forsaken, the lonely, the abandoned, rejected, and that we may respond to Christ in all forms of human misery. For this we pray to the Lord. We pray for all of our beloved dead that they may enter the Father's eternal glory. We pray to the Lord. Eternal and blessed Father, we ask you to hear us, for make these and all our petitions in the holy name of Jesus Christ. And through the powerful intercession of our Mother Mary's, we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Father, we adore you. Lay our lives before you. How we love you. Jesus, we adore you. Lay our lives before you. How we love you. Spirit, we adore you. Lay our lives before you. How we love you. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. As we proclaim your wonders, O Lord, and the Virgin, St. Clair, we humbly implore your majesty that as her merits are pleasing to you, so too our dutiful service may find favor in your sight through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. 
Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, for in the saints who consecrated themselves to Christ for the sake of the kingdom of heaven, it is right to celebrate the wonders of your providence, by which you call human nature back to its original holiness and bring it to experience on this earth the gifts you promise in the new world to come. And so with all the angels and saints, we praise you as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabahov, Blenison Celi et Terra, Gloria Tuha, O Sanna in Excelsis, Benedictus, Qui Venit in Nomine Domini, O Sanna in Excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy, and you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of, our, of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. A mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church, and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself, grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit may become one body, one spirit, in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, St. Clair, St. Philomena, and all the saints, on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. 
May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth with your servant Francis our Pope, Michael our Bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family, whom you have summoned before you in your compassion, O merciful Father. Gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world, to our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life. Give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory, through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Row him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Proceptus salutaribus moniti, divin institutione formati, audemus dicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctifice tuum nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis hodie, et imit in nobis tebita nostra, Sicut et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amahalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. On you stay, great holy on you stay, we told this peccatamundi, miserere no hobbies. On you stay, we told this Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things. 
and a desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Communion Antiphon. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Come out to meet Christ the Lord. Love divine, our love's excelling, joy from heaven to earth, come down. Fix in us thy humble dwelling, all thy faithful mercies crown. Jesus, thou art all compassion, pure, unbounded love thou art. Visit us with thy salvation, enter every trembling heart. Come, Almighty, to deliver, let us all thy grace receive. Suddenly return, and never, nevermore thy temples leave. Thee we would be always blessing, serve as thy hosts above. Pray and praise the great great salvation, perfectly restored in thee. Let us pray. Renewed by partaking of this divine gift, we pray, O Lord our God, that by the example of St. Clair, Bearing in our body the death of Jesus, we may strive to hold fast to you alone. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Mass ascended. Go in the peace of Christ. Salve Regina. Mate misericordiae, vita ducedo, et spes nostra salve. Ad te clamamus, exules filii heve, ad te suspiramus, gementes et flentes, in hac lacrimarum vale. Ea ergo, Advocata nostra, illos tuos, misericordes oculos, ad nos converte. Et Jesum, benedictum fructum ventris tui, nobis post hoc exilium ostende. O ho ho ho. 
clemens opia oh 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 duchis virgo maria The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating the culture of life, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hi, I'm Roxy from Baytown. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. A co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Community.